You're listening to The Focus Radio with Alyssa Gramlin. My goal is to share some tips and ideas to help you grow a thriving and healthy real estate business that you love. Well, good morning. Today, our focus is getting clear on who it is that you want to serve or whom it is that you want to serve whatever you'd like to say. So there will be some cheat sheets for this episode that I know you're going to want to pick up. Just go to alyssagramlin.com backslash 86 to access them. This is my 86th podcast, hence the 86. So, you know, if you're ever looking for any podcasts, any future ones or past ones, just stick the number in there and you'll be able to find the information. All right. So there you're going to be able to download the transcripts from today, but also I've got some cheat sheets I put together to help you stay focused and to put this idea into action and a helpful list that I'm going to be discussing later on in the show. All right. You know, there's a saying that goes something like this. If you try to serve everyone, you end up serving no one. And that's the root of our topic today. How deciding who you want to serve and then having a strategic marketing plan in place is going to help you stay focused and it's going to help you attract the clients you want. If you can work with the clients that you enjoy, then that makes our business more fun. Also, you can control the amount of clients that are coming in. You can make sure that you always have business and you can get a grip on that feast or famine that is so common in our industry. So the beginning of a strategic marketing plan is to identify who the market that we are going to serve is. This is really important, and it's something that I feel that most real estate agents and entrepreneurs don't do. You know, we may decide to do a geographic farm for a bit or buy some online leads or attend a few networking groups, hold some open houses. We think about calling expireds or FISBOs, but a lot of times we just kind of dabble in a whole bunch of things. You know, we throw the things against the wall, we see what sticks, And that can work, but it's only going to get you so far. If you really want to grow your business, if you want it to be thriving, and you want customers to continue to come to you year after year in a systematic way, you have to be much more focused and strategic than that. This is a secret that top agents know and use so that they can count on their business to provide sales year after year. They have four or five areas that they've identified that are their target market, and they serve them strategically and systematically. Look at it as four or five different niche areas or verticals that you can focus on. So it still could be the same common areas that I mentioned, like open houses, sphere of influence, expires, whatever you'd like to choose. It doesn't matter really what the vertical or the niche is that you're going to focus on. It just matters that you identify them, and then we work on developing a strategic marketing plan for each one so that we can go really deep in that niche instead of wide with too many focus areas. Now, I know a lot of people are worried about focusing too narrowly because they worry they won't capture all the leads. But actually, the opposite is true. Honestly, if you try to do that, if you try to serve everybody, you can't really get as successful as you could if you pick a specific strategic area that you're going to focus on and serve. All right, so here's my example. All right, when I first started in real estate, I was pretty young. 
I was 24 years old. And when I got my license, my parents were in the business, my in-laws were in the business, and my husband at the time was in the business. So that meant that all of our SOI or family and friends already had realtors. And I was related to all of them. So you can probably imagine, I wasn't going to be able to go really very deep in that niche, my SOI. As far as cousins and uncles and aunts go, they were all spoken for. Another thing, I was young and I felt that in order to have confidence with the people that I was working with, I needed to look at working with people in my own peer group, people my own age. So I decided that I was going to work with first-time homebuyers. Now, it wasn't that I understood all of this when I first started this process, but as I look back over why I was successful in that niche and was able to sell 100 homes a year just with first-time homebuyers, I see that there are some very strategic things that I did and that I continued to do throughout my career in every niche or vertical that I developed, okay? So the first thing I did was some research. You know, I learned about what it is that's most important to first-time home buyers. What I discovered was that one of the things that was important to them is that they had their own realtor. A lot of times they were trying to branch out on their own and do their own thing their own way. They definitely wanted their parents' buy-in to the project and the process and the home that they were going to buy, but they didn't want to work with their parents' real estate agent. They wanted their own. They were making their own financial decisions right now, and so they wanted their own agent. Now, at this time, and I am sure it's true today as well, first-time homebuyers were 50% of the market. So here are 50% of the people coming into the market that are not represented. So I felt that if I could figure out how to reach them and to be able to speak to them about what they were interested in, then I was going to be able to work with them. And that's exactly what happened. At the time, I was doing first-time homebuyer seminars. And actually, I see those coming back now too. You know, we know that people start their search on the internet and there's so much information out there. But it's overwhelming and they don't really know what information applies to them. So this is where our first time homebuyer seminar could actually be a great thing right now. If we can get people in the room, we can be the curators of the information and help them sort through it all. Okay. The next thing that I discovered as I worked with first time homebuyers is that they had a lot of questions and they really needed a lot of handholding. So I put together 24 newsletters I could mail to them. Once they came into my pipeline, I would be able to put them on a mailing list and they would get a newsletter, you know, newsletter number one, then number two, then number three, and so on. And this was a strategic system and it talked about things that would be helpful and that they would be interested in. So, you know, some of the basic examples, right? Renting versus buying. I sent them a chart on renting versus buying and what the benefits were of owning a home. I'm sure you've got that in a folder somewhere. You know, then I sent them how much they could qualify for. And I included a factor chart to help them figure out how much of a payment they could really afford. And then what does that convert to as far as a house payment and a price range of house? Then I sent them a list of what a lender needs in order to provide a loan for them and a list of the documents that they would need for their loan appointment. I talked about the importance of a home buyer's inspection. I talked about seller's disclosures and how problems are handled if there's a seller's disclosure and maybe the seller doesn't tell the truth. 
What are their options? So in my market, they've got two options. They can go to arbitration or they can go to court. And I explained the difference between those two. You know, I went through all of the scary stuff that comes into buying a home. And I broke it down into 24 newsletters. Each one was a little nugget and they hung on to them. So what would happen is I would meet with them, maybe at a first time home buyer or an open house, and I would build some rapport. Then I would add them to my mailing list and it might be six, eight, 10 months, but I would get a phone call from somebody seemingly out of the blue that had been receiving my newsletters that wanted to work with me because I had become their trusted advisor. I got four to five of those calls a month because I was working a lot of numbers and this really worked. Now you could do the same thing with blog posts and emails. You could do the same thing with Facebook posts and links to your blog. You know, there's a lot of different ways to go about it once we can figure out what type of information would be important to the niche that you want to serve. Now, I wrote these emails over the course of 24 months. I wrote one a month. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just take small steps, you know, but the important thing is to get started. All right, I am really big at repurposing content that we create and use, and so next, I took all of those newsletters and turned them into a book. So this is something you could do too. If you like to write blog posts, you could do the same thing. You can turn it into a book. And then I use this book as my cookie to set appointments. I used it as my offer to get buyers to come in and meet with me. And this is how I would present it. I would say, I wrote a book about everything you need to know in order to purchase a home as a first time home buyer here in Minnesota. Okay, if you'll give me the opportunity to meet with you, then I'll give you a copy for free, no obligation. I just want a chance to explain and share with you the home buying process because it's complicated. And I'd like to have the opportunity to see if I could be a fit to help you. I'd like to interview for the job. So you can see, I was able to attract the buyers to me because I had spent time figuring out what it was that they wanted to know about. I created some tools I could offer, which earned me the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with them. I could build rapport and show that I was the obvious choice to help them achieve their goal of buying a home. Again, you'll notice I reused the tools I had to create new tools. All right, so you know if we take it further, the next step in that process was my buyer interview. And this was the process when I was going through the book with them. I talked with them about all of the things that I knew that had come up for me before that were objections with clients that I worked with in the past. Okay, for instance, finding a house that they want and then their parents come in and you know how that is, parents can kind of blow the deal. So in my buyer interview, I explained that it's a lot of pressure to put on parents for them to give you their blessing when they've only looked at one home you're considering. So I would encourage them, if their parents were going to be part of the decision, then let's have their parents come along and look at homes with us so they can at least have a chance to see what's out there instead of just having them see the one home that they want to buy. Because I had done some thinking about what they needed to know and then also what the objections had been with people I had helped, I was able to come up with a lot of material that was highly focused on the particular niche of the first time home buyer. And because of that, when I, a client met with me, I was very thorough. I went through everything, the contracts, the process, everything they needed to know. I would get them pre-approved. 
I would usually try to have a loan officer that would have an appointment with them, with them at the same time as me. So because I went through all of this, it made it less likely for them to be interested in even meeting with anybody else. And if they did, I knew that they probably weren't going to be as thorough as I was in presenting all of the materials. I really feel that this process gave me a cutting edge on the competition and I was able to work with most of the people I met with. You know, if they were able to qualify for a home, it was a great process. And I have used the same process many times in each niche or vertical I've worked since. Okay, so to put this plan into action for you, you'll want to take a look at your niche and figure out what are the things that you can do to go deeper in order to serve them best and really be the ideal choice, the obvious choice for them as far as an agent to work with. If you do that, you will become the trusted advisor in your chosen vertical. So let's figure out how to make this work for you. Step number one, I want you to choose five areas of focus to bring leads into your business. Five, most of us have one or two. All right, so first of all, how do you determine what these four or five, I want you to do five, but how do you determine what these five areas of your business should be? Well, here's what I will recommend. I'd like you to take a look at your business over the last couple years and see where the sales that you had came from. I want you to divide it up into different buckets that they came from and note the source of business, such as open houses, referrals, past clients, Zillow leads, sign calls, ad calls, Facebook ads, wherever your sales came from, put a list together. I want you to take it one step further now if they were referrals. I'd like you to identify who it was that referred the client to you and how do you know that person who sent you the referral? Are they a relative? Was it a friend from church? Is it a friend from the golf club? How do you know that person? The person who referred you. Because what you're going to start to see is some areas that maybe you could focus on to go a little bit deeper in your business. There might be some low-hanging fruit and some connections that could be worth looking into as a niche area. Okay, for instance, if it was your golf club that some of these referrals came from and you would like more of those, then it would make sense for us to put together a strategic plan to figure out how you can get in front of more of the golf members and so on for each focus area. Okay, now use your sources of business to start to identify your five areas that you think would be good for you. If you find that most of your business came from one or two sources, I want you to know that's normal. And one of the reasons that you don't have as much business as you would like. If that's the case, then to help you determine the rest of the verticals, you're gonna to need to choose areas that you would like to focus on. And this is different for every agent I work with. There are so many choices and I will include a list of areas for you in the show notes. Okay, you just need to go to alyssagranlin.com backslash 86. It's all there for you. Now, I will say that not all of these areas are going to be winners. Okay, you may try something that doesn't produce any results for you. That's okay. But if we spread it out over a few areas like this, then if one is not producing, but the rest are, it's fine. Then each year, as we see the market turning and changing, we can add a different vertical to the mix and drop the one that's not producing. 
Step number two, once you've determined your areas, then I want you to ask yourself some questions about these four or five areas. All right, who are they? What is their price range? Is, that, is there something that identifies them? Are they in a relationship? Are they health conscious? What's their education level? What's their income level? Do they have kids? What are their beliefs? What do they value? Is it status? Is it commute? I mean, you have to figure it out. What do you have in common? And what's a commonality among this group of the people that you see? Now, one other way to make this easier for you is to identify someone in that group that you really loved working with. So say you were working with first-time homebuyers and you decided that that was going to be one of your areas. Identify a couple or a single or whatever it was of the first-time homebuyer vertical that was so enjoyable for you to work with. And maybe there's a couple of them and use these people to answer your questions. I've included a worksheet for you on how to identify your avatar in the show notes. When you work through this, you might be able to find some commonalities such as they had just gotten married or they had just had a new baby or they were a certain age range or they wanted to live in a certain city or whatever it may be. You'll want to figure out what these commonalities are so that you can really speak to that person and develop tools to serve them where they are at. Okay. Now, the idea is what marketing experts call creating an avatar. This avatar or ideal client is who you will write your marketing or your messages for. They are who you will create your materials or your items that you're going to use to service your clients. When you have that particular person in mind, your message becomes much more personal. It actually speaks to them on a deeper level instead of sounding salesy or All right, sounding step too number generic. Three. You're going so to some other questions you can think about is, you know, what is their career? What do they do for a living? Okay, I have clients that focus on just doctors. So doctors have a whole different need. Often they're looking for a home and they can have a problem with financing because usually they have high student debt. So they need to figure out some loan programs that they can use that are specific for doctors and help them to get that financing. Other questions, uh, are they into a certain hobby? Again, do they like to golf or play tennis? Are they part of a country club? Agents who specialize in more of the upper bracket might need to get involved in a club or a charity or fundraising opportunities, okay? We have to hang out where our ideal clients are. Step number three, I want you to uncover a common problem that this niche is facing. Let's say that one of your verticals is seniors. You want to look, what is the common problem that seniors are facing? Most of the time I've found that seniors don't want to move because they're afraid. They're afraid of where they're going to go. They're afraid they won't like it or they won't have any friends. They don't know what their choices are. It seems too big to tackle. They don't know what's going to happen to all their stuff. How are they going to downsize? How are they going to possibly get everything packed up? It's so big and overwhelming to think about. So let's say that that was one of the verticals that you picked. One of the solutions that you might provide is more of a concierge service where you, where you help them to get in touch with the people that they need. Maybe you even organize it to help them to have the estate sale or the yard sale, have an antique dealer come in, meet with them and the kids just to value their things and let them know if they should sell things or donate. You could 
Take them to visit senior housing. You could do presentations at senior housing centers, and you could even put together a book. Okay, there's so many ways you can go with a vertical once you identify it and you can go deep and you can become a market expert in that vertical. Now, one of the objections I get on this sometimes from agents is they don't want to disqualify themselves from getting other business. And that isn't what I'm talking about doing here. What I'm talking about is figuring out strategically the five areas that you're going to serve. And these are the areas that we spend our money on, our marketing, our time, our energy, and our efforts in a very focused way. It doesn't mean that if you don't work on attracting seniors, that when one of your clients calls you and they have a senior parent, you won't help them. Of course, you're gonna take that listing and work with them. It's just that you're not spending time or money trying to track that business. Obviously, we're gonna take all the business that will come to you, okay? But if we can strategically go after business in focused areas, you can attract your ideal clients easier and you'll spend less money too. It is a wonderful way to control the flow of business that comes in and to really help you to avoid that feast or famine that comes with real estate sales. So I hope this is helpful for you today and a little bit of food for thought to help you think about who it is that you wanna serve. Now, you just need to make a plan of your own. I'm going to put the show notes on my website at alyssagranlin.com backslash 86. I will include the transcript, an ultimate list of niches or verticals you could consider, a worksheet to help you determine your avatar, and some questions to ask yourself or research to understand what you could offer to help them that would set you up as the obvious choice to your niche to be their trusted advisor. All right, go to alyssagranlin.com backslash 86. My challenge for you today is to spend some time on this topic. Figure it out so you can be even more effective and efficient serving the clients that you want to work with. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to talking to you again soon. Have a wonderful day and stay focused. You're listening to The Focus Radio with Alyssa Granlin. My goal is to share some tips and ideas to help you grow a thriving and healthy real estate business that you love.